0: Dr. Debra Campbell, it's great to be back on the Couch Podcast again after a little break. I've been consulting, uh, seeing lots of couples and individuals with couple issues, depression, anxiety, panic, life issues, life coaching—all those kind of things that I do. And I've been super busy with my writing project, the Three Loves Project, and um, that's available as a kind of daily newsletter for you. Uh, to have if you'd like to have daily tips and support coming into your inbox directly from me on one of the three great loves of your life self-compassion mindful relationships and creating more flow and things in your life that you feel connected and passionate about that make you feel alive so i call those the three loves and i write about one of them or all of them every day And how we can make more meaning in life, really, through making sure that we have some of those cooking away, that we're giving focus to those loves in our lives. Otherwise, you know, at at the end of days, you wonder what you've been doing with this sweet gift called life if you haven't been loving people, other beings, yourself, and the stuff you do with the time that you have. So Three Loves Project... Please do come over to my website, drdebracampbell.com, and make sure you're getting it. Uh, It's completely free, and it's going to make a book in a little while, but you can get all the sneak preview of most of the stuff that's going to be in that book over a year's worth of installments direct from my email to your email. So great to be with you. I've had an email from someone who's enjoying the Three Loves Project. I'll call you YT, your initials. Thank you for writing to me and asking me about the therapeutic relationship, transference between a client in therapy and the therapist. What this means and what to do if it feels like yeah, your therapist isn't handling it very well with you and you're struggling and you're trying to tell them how you feel but it doesn't seem to be going anywhere good. So I've got a lot of experience in this as a therapist but also as a patient on the other side of the, the couch or the room so I really know what it's like. Um, let's Let's talk about that today and for those of you who don't quite understand transference all that well because you're not sure if you've experienced it or maybe you haven't been to therapy and and you know you haven't. Look, you probably have in a different way in terms of sort of projection in everyday life in in normal uh, equal relationships in everyday life. The therapeutic relationship between a therapist and a client is not equal. It's not equal at all. The therapist has a lot more power and control in the relationship and and yet uh, the relationship is all about, if it's working properly that is, all about the client, their needs, their healing, what they need to do there to recover or to grow or to improve in the ways that, that are the goals of their therapy. So it's an unequal relationship in that Both parties are there for the one person, for the client, and the client is revealing everything about themselves that they feel they can in order to make that process of growth or healing happen. And the therapist reveals very little between nothing and the minimums to create empathy and connection. I've changed that up a bit in my practice recently. People know a lot more about me than they ever used to, and a lot more about me than it's typical in a therapeutic relationship, because a lot of people do subscribe online and have read my book, Lovelands, um, and listen to these podcasts. So a lot of people know me better than you would typically know a therapist. And that's kind of a kind of an experiment I'm living. Uh, and it's gone really well. I have found that It lowers projection of people guessing who I might be um, because they know more for real. And it sort of takes some of, I think, the curiosity and mystery out of the whole thing because they know stuff. And it it hasn't seemed to have backfired. Uh, And as I move into more writing and seeing fewer clients, that's been a process and transition I've been personally happy to make. It wouldn't work for every therapist. and, And I understand that. The therapist often wants to keep a lot back so that things are not about them and also so the conditions for transference in the therapeutic relationship are ripe and there and available. We want to allow our clients to transfer some of their old pain and attachment needs and attachment deficits, things they wanted in early relationships We want that to play out to some degree in the therapeutic relationship so that the client can learn to reparent themselves and can learn to uh, work through things that have hurt them in a healing way and find a new narrative to their experience. What I mean by new narrative is instead of that same old story of hurt and pain and how it happened sort of playing out unconsciously and in the mindset and in how you are in the world and how you react to the world, you're able to build over time this new idea of yourself, your competencies and your ability to handle the challenges and when things don't go right, especially in interactions and attachments with others, you feel ready and able to handle those things better and differently because you've had this therapeutic experience of sort of, working it through with a trustworthy other who was there for you and helped you to gather your strength when things um, are, are not going well. For example, I had my father uh, not be there for me as a child. He ran away because really he was so young and he couldn't cope with parenthood. So I felt very abandoned and like there must be some huge deficit in me as a child and a person and a woman as I grew up because my own dad didn't love me. And there's that sort of inbuilt uh, narrative that often occurs of, well, if my own parent didn't love me or doesn't love me, then who would? I must be inherently unlovable in ways I don't even understand. And that's a super common narrative for people who have suffered abandonment of of any kind, be it physically or emotionally through parent or parents or close others, not being able to connect closely, emotionally with you, even if they were around physically. Not sort of being on the same wavelength and feeling the love and the empathy uh, over consistently over time. Or people screw up in relationships This is about what happens consistently over time that tends to shape us more than most one-off episodes of of something, unless they're very traumatic, of course. So what happened in my therapy was I became very attached to my therapist. I built him up as kind of the perfect dad figure in my mind because that was the person that unconsciously I really needed to work my stuff out with and um then when i really put to him the idea of feeling such love and connection and need and really yearning for him outside sessions and i put all that information to him eventually when i got the courage he was appropriately boundaryed about that like he shut that down in a way that was compassionate But that was really clear of, well, these are the boundaries and those things aren't possible. But of course, you know, you're valued and rah, 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 and trying to help me with my self-esteem around that to heal. And I had a terrible reaction to him feeling incredible rejection and abandonment and my self-esteem going plummeting through the floor and all of these things, which gradually by hanging in there and keeping at it, I was able to work through but what it did was show me all those wounds. It kind of opened up the wounds in order to heal them up properly and differently and fully this time. And and that's really the process of transference that I saw him as this perfect father figure and then I had to work through. So how do you heal when the boundaries are in place and um, more strongly in, than in real life? How do you heal and start to give that love and parenting and, and self-esteem to yourself as an adult. And it was a long, arduous process, but we got there. Now, my story is more complex than that and much more complex than it should be because a couple of years after that, he was contacting me and wanting to get personally involved. Now, that's a story I'll leave that if you want to follow that up, you can read my book, Lovelands. It's um, not how it's meant to go, and it's, uh, it's not at all advisable because then things get really muddied. And I lost his voice in my head as my therapist. Um, the light side of it, the positive narrative I've made out of that is that my voice in my head is my therapist now. But it would have been nice if, um, if those waters had not been muddied by a real world relationship, which is essentially not ethical. And um and he did go on to pass away. So, you know, that chapter is closed. Moving on, back to handling transference for you, YT, in your relationship with your therapist. You know, you've you've told her, you you said to me you've told her how how you feel about her and that she's provided this beautiful emotional presence for you and helped you with so much healing and feeling good about yourself and now you've reached a point where you've you've wanted to have the courage to tell her how you feel and, and the transference you feel and the yearning for a closer relationship there and but that you feel perhaps she hasn't responded as sensitively uh and in as caring a scaring way as you hoped for I really relate to this. As I said, it's really similar to what happened to me. And so much comes down to the individual therapist uh, characteristics, their personality, their wisdom and experience, and also the particular relationship they have with you. The fact is, in the end, all the healing is truly on a soul level coming out of the relationship we have with our therapist. I wrote about this recently in the Three Loves Project, uh, a piece on the therapeutic relationship. Really, all the healing is coming out of that sense of trust and appropriate boundaryed love and closeness and empathy and that soulful presence you feel with the other person being totally there for you, for your healing, your growth your development with full empathy for you the techniques and strategies they use the kind of therapy they offer that's all important and part of the equation but without the relationship being all that it has to be and that connection forming between you that 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 simpatico that that just right for each other feeling as a client and a therapist then all the strategies in the world and all the coaching and all the support and all the cbt or or act or you know any of the kind of therapies you want to throw in there are going to only have a very limited effect because let's face it if the relationships there you're not fully listening you're not going to stay you don't feel good it doesn't work so YT, it is fabulous that you feel right about this relationship, but it's disappointing that when you've said all you needed to say and put your heart on the line, sort of worn your heart on your sleeve and said, oh, it's embarrassing, it even feels humiliating in some ways, but I feel this deep need for you as my therapist and a person in my life, it's unfortunate that you don't feel that's taken as sensitively as it could be. As I said, some of it comes down to the characteristics, wisdom and experience of the therapist. Maybe that's not quite all it could be. Maybe the therapist is just having an off day where their responses didn't come across as well as they would have liked. I think you've really got to stay with this and keep trying. And if you feel dismissed or if you feel the response is insensitive, come back to that. Take a breath, come back to that and tell your therapist, look, I feel like I put my heart on the line. I said how I was feeling, the yearnings, the pain, the the hurt and the sense that that you're the one that could save me and this intense connection or whatever the right words are for you. Maybe it's a romantic sort of yearning you feel. Maybe it's a friendship or, or a parent kind of connection feeling. Uh, sometimes it feels like all of those rolled into one with a therapist, whatever you're transferring onto them. Um, tell tell her again, talk to her again about how you feel you put your heart on the line. You're You felt wide open and vulnerable, but like she didn't take it how you would have hoped. Think about how you would have liked her to respond and whether that's realistic or whether it would really be violating boundaries. You know, anything that creates a personal relationship outside of therapy, which is, let's be honest, probably what you're kind of yearning for, is unrealistic and actually unethical and doesn't work and isn't right. But that doesn't mean it's not a valid yearning. It's pretty much what everyone yearns for in in that situation. And it needs to be handled and looked after and worked through uh, as the reality of the feeling that it is. When I say it's not right, what I mean is it's right to feel it, but it's not right for the therapist to act on it. They have to be holding the space for you, and not acting uh, in an appropriate way to extend the relationship outside the therapeutic boundaries. Now, that might involve a phone call here and there for support, or maybe they do email therapy, or anything else that is formally arranged to maybe resources to support or groups to support your therapy sessions. They're fine. But what I mean is it can't go into a personal relationship, or the therapy just loses all of its all of its uh, strength and purity and ability to help you and becomes a confusing, unethical mess. So whilst the yearning for more is right, doing anything about it is not, okay? So you work through the yearning with the therapist. You keep bringing it up and up again as uh, calmly and as, clearly and as authentically as you're able to when i say calmly look if it's not calm sometimes okay but i'm trying to say that um that you keep working together as a team and if you feel like you're starting to take sides against the therapist or you're not you know they're not on your team anymore because they're not responding to your transference feelings in the way you'd like well that's an interesting thing for you to work through in itself because in that in that transference interaction you've got there if you can step back a bit and be mindful with it and look at it with a little tiny bit of space which I know is super hard with strong feelings but if you can just just step back that tiny little bit you might start to realize how you tend to behave When you feel rejected or abandoned or not sensitively handled in your feelings with someone, this might be giving you indications of the scars and the pain that you carry and how you tend to respond when they're activated that might not work really well for you, that might not be the healthiest and most intimacy building um, behaviors. For example, you know, when my therapist didn't immediately jump and, and say you know the, the fantasy things I wanted, I was angry at him and I was um, I was distancing, I was rejecting, I felt quite hateful towards him for not loving me, I felt it was unfair, why wasn't I loved? I immediately jumped to "I'm not good enough, and these were all of my fault lines, all of my pains, my scars from my childhood, wham, straight up in action right there in the room. And that was my opportunity then to change my responses, understand my patterns, understand where they came from, kind of an an in vivo experiment, like an alive in the room happening in the moment experiment is what I mean. Um, Not one where you're just looking at dry data, but like you're right there in the action. And it's hard to get perspective and step back and see. But if you know that's probably what's happening, you can perhaps start to do that and reflect and journal and think about it and talk in the next session and say things like, gosh, I was so angry with you when I felt you responded insensitively and I can see, maybe that's what I do in relationships. If I feel like someone has uh, not given me the response I want or is not being loving to me, I tend to do this. I tend to do that. I distance. I, I have the desire to run away or I start jumping down their throat with angry, lashing out, or I find fault with them or whatever it is that you've noticed is your reality when these old scars get activated by the therapeutic relationship. So YT, I hope that all makes sense for you and I hope it's helpful as well. I hope there's stuff there that you can go, oh yeah, okay, maybe this reaction I'm having to my therapist does parallel or remind me of something else now that that I think about it. Now, of course, there's always the case that a therapist, you've told them how you feel, you're trying to work through the transference, you're trying to, as I've advised, look for any patterns that are coming up, you're trying to examine and uh, really explore your reactions to them when you don't get what you want, what that makes you feel about yourself, the narrative you spin around that. So you've, you've tried going into all of that. If you still feel not understood, if you still feel insensitively managed by the therapist and insensitively responded to, and you've done all you can to explain and explore and to work as a team together to pull all that painful stuff apart, and there will be ups and downs, good sessions and uncomfortable sessions, But if you've done all of that and you just feel like you are hitting your head on on a brick wall and you're not getting anywhere, the empathy and connection are not feeling right for you, then maybe you have hit the limitations of the relationship with the particular therapist. Maybe they can't do any more than they're doing with you. Maybe they have reached the limit of their insight and experience in working with transference in, in strong or difficult cases. Now, I don't know that, but it's possible. The management of the transference when it arises is so uh, particular and sensitive and challenging that it takes very, very good therapists to do that well. And it's never without good sessions and difficult sessions. If um, the person had no pain, Sure it'll probably be easy but you're in therapy because you do have pain to work through it's gonna come up and there's gonna be some toing and froing around that and sometimes when you feel utterly understood and sometimes when you probably don't so it's a long term thing but if over the long term you're feeling like the relationship has reached its limits then it can be time to discuss moving on, or that perhaps you're not with the right therapist. But I think that's a real uh, last resort, because usually in the longer term, with someone who has the skill and experience, you will work through. You just might have to keep having more and more goes consistently to push against scars and pain and old behaviours, that are really ingrained and hard to see when you're in them and you feel the, the responses so strongly, it's really hard to step back and wonder about what's going on for you and, and why you're behaving as, as you do. But the job of the therapist is to help you do that and, and hopefully you can, uh, you can continue to talk about how you feel including telling the therapist if you feel that they're not responding sensitively to you. So I guess that's my my answer to you YT about what to do when you don't get the response that perhaps you were hoping for. There's a good side to it and there's uh, in that the real world response can't be to uh, to love each other in the way that the yearning heart, the scarred heart might really uh, fantasize about when our our pain is strong and the transference is vibing away and the therapist seems like that perfect person who's there for you in every way, who you always wanted. It's super important to remind yourself in those times that no real-world relationship can actually be like that. And it's where my experience of... After therapy, two years after therapy, having that really inappropriate um, real world relationship with my ex-therapist, that really taught me that you don't, even even if you get that fantasy relationship that you yearned for in the throes of transference in therapy, even if you get that for real with that person in the real world, because I did you find out that it isn't what you imagined. It's not perfect. They're not perfect. And it's not the unequal all-for-you relationship anymore. It's a two-person equal thing then in many ways, um, although they always hold the power balance of having been the therapist and that's where the unethical side comes in. But it has that... There's supposed to be something there for each person on both sides quality then because it's a real world relationship. And that means that that uh, it's no longer that magical place that, that it was when you're in therapy. And I think that, um, that really destroys a lot of what your therapy experience then uh, has been. And uh, although you think you want it at the time, that real world relationship with a therapist—it's probably not really what you do want. I can tell you that from experience. It's not a clean, clear, fresh relationship with someone. It's too loaded, and it's—it's uh, it's like you're bringing some something that should have been sacred in therapy into the real world, and therefore taking the sacredness out of it. Uh, So, know that your feelings of yearning are real when you want to get closer to a therapist and the transference is is throbbing along as I say. Know your feelings are real. Explore them until there's nothing left to explore, but uh, know that they need to be explored in that sacred space. stay in the fantasy realm so keep talking to me about therapeutic relationship about your mental health everyone keep getting in touch if you would like to explore or have me give my thoughts and reflections on any one of these difficult topics to do with mental health uh, relationships finding more flow in life or the therapeutic relationship i'm here I'm doing my best to be as helpful and connected as I can, helping as many people as possible. If you would like to speak with me on the podcast and ask your questions and have a conversation rather than it being so one-sided, that's also possible. So email me and uh, be in touch via the uh, Three Loves Project on my website, drdebracampbell.com. If you sign up for the Three Loves Project, you'll see in there the email links uh, to get in touch with me or the email link on the show notes with this podcast. Shoot me an email, ask me your questions, give me your feedback. I would also love it if we could start to build up some reviews on iTunes. If you wouldn't mind reviewing the podcast on iTunes so other people can find it and know that it's a place where they might be able to get help directly from the reflections and, and thoughts of a psychologist online and that there's other resources and ways to connect and have this free help, that would be wonderful. So please do give me a rating, give me a review and uh, and help me to get this message and the Couch Podcast out there even more. It's been great uh, talking about this super important and somewhat unusual, difficult to discuss topic because so many people just haven't been there and don't understand it so i think it's super important to share when when you do know about something and it is part of your lived reality i will uh, be back again with you soon on the couch be in touch and just be the love that you already are in the world and uh, your life will be full of meaning and richness bye for now